So to continue about some of the pet peeves that I've got, um, there's cyberbullying that I've just talked a little about. I could have gone on and on about it, but I guess we already all know about it. We all know that the solutions, uh, the steps that we need to take regarding that, um, because there is really no difference between physical bully and cyberbullying. Uh, you, the fact that you want to feel better by hurting somebody else or by putting somebody else down, that is essentially bullying. So it could be verbal abuse, it could be physical abuse, it could be, you know, sitting from somewhere uh, far away and just airing your views on somebody, personal views, not just general views, personal views on somebody that you don't even know. I think that's what's actually very dangerous. We people seem to have a habit of thinking that if the exact same thing would happen to us, then it's different. And people should understand that it's different. But it's not. I mean, if it's different for you, then it means it's different for somebody else. And if it's not different for somebody else, it means it's not different for you. It's the same. The same law applies. The same conditions apply. Uh, so you, you've got to understand that in the first place. You cannot just justify um, airing personal opinions about somebody else as a third party when you have no clue whatsoever. Um, there is a saying um, in our religion, uh, it was saying by the Prophet, peace be upon him, that you should never come in between a husband and a wife when they are going through marital issues. The, the reason why he said that was not that, he didn't mean that if there was domestic abuse going on, you shouldn't intervene, or that if there was you know, a huge problem brewing, you shouldn't be there to help them, no. What he meant is that because you do not know the intricacies of their marriage life, only those two people who are living together, who are living intimately, only they know exactly what it is that they're going through, and only they know their story. So you cannot narrate their story for them. You cannot pass judgment regarding them, and you definitely cannot intervene in their relationship without knowing exactly what's going on. And you can never know exactly what's going on because obviously at the end of the day, there are a couple and there are a couple that are going through issues that are subjective to any couple. So you just, you just don't have the right to talk about it uh, or to speculate. Um, the same thing is, you know, when it comes to talking about other people. Um, for example, you know, suddenly a news goes viral and you think that, oh, because it's going viral on social media, it means it's true. Okay, so let's just start airing our opinions. That's also, I mean, what made you think that because something is going viral on social media, it has to be true? I mean, seriously, I didn't get that part. Because, listen, social media, like any other media, is a platform that can be manipulated very easily. In fact, it's probably more easier to manipulate social media as compared to mainstream media nowadays. Why? Because social media has this, this quality 
where you know you can suddenly spread news like wildfire within seconds the fact that you can actually reach a larger audience in a very short amount of time is what makes it very easy to use and preferable actually for certain people or organizations to push forward a certain narrative that they want pushed forward so yeah you cannot say that because something is on in fact if anything there are more inaccurate fabricated news and there is more misinformation or disinformation in the social media than there is generally in other uh, platforms mainstream media even i mean mainstream media we know that they are built on you know so what who's to stop the same people who are in mainstream media to capture uh social media i mean it, it's really one and the same so we can't we can't just say that oh yeah you know this thing's going viral it means this has to be true no. in any case you cannot accept anything that comes in front of you until and unless you verify it you have to verify it and then confirm and you have to make sure 100 percent that there is no fabrication and then you pass it on i mean passing on any wrong information is equal to misinformation you know and if you're doing it carelessly or recklessly then you're basically helping those people push forward a controlled narrative so you're you're being manipulated so you think you're being very smart but you're actually you just proved their point that it's so easy to manipulate you no matter what form of media they use so yeah one should be careful about these things one should be careful because if it happens to you how would you feel if suddenly something about you goes viral and there's probably just two percent of truth in it and the rest are all lies but just because of that two percent truth you just you know it blows up and you, you have no way of defending yourself so that is why many countries are actually thinking about referring to suicides by cyberbullying as murder through cyberbullying. I wouldn't be surprised if Japan actually ends up making such a law because as we know, Japan is a futuristic country. They tend to think long term and they, think, they tend to think about their future more seriously than other countries do and i think it's time our countries do that as well i mean yeah i know some of our countries for us it's not such a big deal but just because it's not such a big deal right now it doesn't mean that we have to wait for it to become another korea or another japan to have people dying left right and center because they're being bullied or because something extremely private of theirs is being aired on social media I think we need to nip it in the bud while we still can before it gets worse. And I think this is something we need to think about very seriously because this isn't, this is definitely not the kind of society you will want your children living in. As we know, we're already a bit worried by the fact that our children are living in a society where they're constantly being exposed because of the internet and because of social media and everything that the, the, kind of privacy that we enjoyed and the importance of that privacy that we understand and appreciate 
may not be understood or appreciated by the next generation simply because they're born into um, such a such a time when everything is out there on the media so if nothing else then at least for our future generations we need to think about this I mean look at us um, why are we here in the first place when it comes to uh, corruption and when it comes to fabrication of news and when it comes to manipulation and when it comes to all these things the reason why we're here is because we never did anything about it when it all started about 50 years ago 100 years ago why because you know oh it wasn't such a big deal but now it's everywhere now everybody's corrupt everybody thinks of himself that he's part of a cartel and that you know he's he's the mafia of his own little clique that he seems to be building and everybody seems to just think about you know how to put other people down in some form or the other everybody is looking for a way to hurt others because they think that that's the only way they can get by in life everybody thinks that they have to trample on somebody else's dreams in order to get his own dreams i mean it's and you call yourself civilized i'm sorry but we're not civilized if anything we're worse off than our ancestors i think they were more civilized because they had that wisdom that we lack they seem to have been more tolerant than we are they seem to have been more accommodating towards minorities than we are they had much more wisdom in dealing with their children than we do and um, even animals have a better sense of uh, how to you know how to take care of each other and how to live a life that in, in which they're not supposed to harm each other seriously i don't know for where we got this idea that you know it's a jungle even in jungles you know animals don't act the way we do no there's nothing animalistic about it if anything we're probably beasts and i think we have no right to call animals beasts because they're they really don't have anything of the sort in them they're just following nature we are probably the only creatures on earth that go against nature and call it natural so we need to look at ourselves as a society, as a civilization. I don't know why we think we're so modernized. We're not. If anything, we just regressed. There is no progress made. And if, we're, if we go on like this, we'll be regressing further. And I think most writers have been noticing this for decades and writing about it. I think the reason why we writers write is because we notice things that we always thought was pretty obvious to everybody else, but um, we later realize that it's not obvious. We see patterns and we, we see the way things go and we write about them. And then, you know, when at one point or the other, they sort of come true, um, people get amazed or surprised that, oh, you know, this writer wrote about this or that writer wrote about this. But the truth is that we are usually writing about the things that we see and it's very easy to predict where they're going when we understand where they're coming from and i think we we're forced to put it down in words for others and for ourselves because we know that in most cases there's nothing we can really do about it so the best thing we can do is to warn others about it and then 
we're hoping that maybe if more and more people get aware or at least they start thinking, even though we're writing it in the form of fiction, but as long as it forces our readers to think along those terms and to question and to challenge and to, to wonder and to start doing some research about the certain things that we manage to put into our work, but certain realities that we manage to you know, immerse in our world of fiction, then we feel that at least we've achieved something, that maybe we've managed to do something. It may not be something so serious as predicting a war, which, I mean, come on, everybody can predict a war because the way the world is going, there's definitely no peace inside. But it could be something just as progressive as making a new invention that could change the whole outlook of our society. And again, as I said, there's, there's nothing very astonishing about making these predictions because if you look at the patterns and if you look at history and if you look at how progress was made, it's very easy to predict uh, where we're going. Well, I, I guess many people might um, not even care much to agree with all I'm saying here, but I really do think we need to sit down for like a few minutes, think about it, think about where we're going as a society, think about all the different changes we can make, starting from within, starting from our homes. You know, when, you, when we talk about gender discrimination, for example, did we ever realize that we are a part of the problem? I mean, I see all these people going out and talking about gender discrimination and about how women are not being uh, given equal rights and status. But these same people, when they go home, how do they teach their own children? You would see the same people spoiling their sons rotten and telling their girls that, no, because in our society it's like this, you know, so you need to learn how to cook and you, because you have to get married, so you need to learn how to run a house. And and then you'll have all these places where these homes, these families, where after teaching their daughters that, you know, you're supposed to think about how you can fit in after you get married. And then they tell their daughters that, you know, we have to, because we have to make a future for your brother, so we'll have to cut down on your educational expenses. And then at the end of the day, that same daughter of yours is running your house because your son despite all that you've lavished upon him, is still so useless that he can't even get a job. More to the point, he's probably not even looking for one because he's so used to his sister earning and he's so used to his parents pampering him. So it begins at home. Change begins at home. It begins with you. It begins with how you teach your children. You can't be hypocrites, you know, you can't. The key to real change is when you're constantly checking yourself, when you have to force yourself to be objective and you have to constantly catch yourself before you end up doing the exact same thing that you're complaining about everybody else doing, as parents especially. 
you know, we talk about making our daughters independent. And then the minute we make our, da our daughters, for example, doctors or engineers, now suddenly we're like, okay, so, you know, you've got this degree and that's okay. So we've done our bit. Now we need to get you married again. What is this thing about marriage, by the way? I mean, who ever wrote that if you didn't get married, your life wouldn't begin? There are so many things in life that need to be done and there are so many people who are better equipped to do it and you just trap them in this world where you know you just think that they're you think that you're doing something good for them but actually you're not you're just doing something for yourself so that's selfishness where i come from i think that you're being extremely selfish you think that because you've given birth to them that means you own them but you see that's the thing if you read the Quran or if you read the traditions of the Prophet, they've made it very clear. We come from a different life and we come from a different world. This world is more like a role play. So it's like you've been put in a story and you've been given your different roles. And now you're going to be judged upon how you deal with those roles that you're given, what you're going to do. If you're in this situation it's it's that kind of a scenario so we are put in a certain situation and now we're expected to use that to either figure out if you're going to be the villain or the hero in this whole scenario and we're going to be judged based on it so we need to keep on remembering that in this world we may be parents or children or brothers and sisters and clans and tribes or whatever but if we keep forgetting the fact that this is all temporary and if we keep forgetting the fact that we are put in this situation in this scenario for a reason and if we lose track of it and we end up hurting other people because we think we're justified to because we think we own them or we control them or that we have the right to then that is where you've actually lost the ball. Your eyes are no longer on the ball. You've already forgotten where you're supposed to be. You've forgotten the whole agenda. And then when this whole thing will end and we'll go back to where we came from, we will once again be our own individual selves with no relation whatsoever to each other unless we wish to continue. And I see that's, a th that's the thing. If you wish to continue with your tribes or your clans or your spouses, then that's a different thing. But other than that, when you go back there, you're nothing to each other. You're back to your original selves as individuals who have nothing to do with each other, who have no relationship with each other. If you keep remembering that, I think it would make it much easier to be fair towards other people around you. It will be much easier to understand relationships and I think it would give us a better incentive uh, towards staying objective instead of forcing ourselves on others and instead of claiming that because we're family so we have the right to interfere with other people's lives in our families and that we have the right to control them or to restrict them, to trap them, and because it's for their own good. No, it's not for their own good. Because, see, that's the thing. 
when God said he gave, he gave us freedom of choice, he meant that he gave us brains and ability to choose for ourselves. And when he said there is no force in religion, and when the prophet added and said that there is no force in anything, they meant that if you can't even force somebody to believe in one God, I mean, if God himself does not even like the fact that his people are being forced to believe in him, why would he accept any justification given by anyone that they forced somebody to do something that they didn't want to do just because they thought that it was good for them? Do you think that God didn't have that justification? Maybe it would be good for us if we believed in him. You know, that, that is his justification too. Then why isn't he allowing prophets to force us to believe in him? Because it has to be here from our hearts. It has to be something that sets right within us. And that is where we seem to always lose ourselves. That is where we always seem to get lost because we seem to repeat those mistakes over and over again where we think that we are convincing somebody to do what we want because it's good for them but actually we're forcing somebody to do what we think they should do. But see that's the thing. We're called individuals because we all have a different way of thinking. The fact that we have a different way of thinking is what puts this world together. If we were all going to think the same way and act the same way, this world would never have progressed to the, to the ways and the, the levels and the times that it has progressed today. This world would have finished eons ago. Because there is no real survival in uniformity. Uniformity up to a point is good. For discipline and order but that should have nothing to do with individualism these are two different things uniformity is not supposed to override individualism society is made up of different types of people the reason why a society is made of different types of people is because like how everybody has his own certain skill or his talent this is how they all have their own way of thinking and when different approaches towards a certain subject for example, when you have a different approach towards a certain problem or a certain subject or a certain issue, and then you have all these different types of solutions put forward, then you get options. And when you get options, you have better chances of having the right solution. So if you are going to force everybody to not think at all or to think only the way you want to think, then you would never accomplish anything in life as a society or as a civilization. And that is one of the reasons why as a civilization we have regressed. Because we've constantly been forcing people to think like us, to act like us. And you know God actually mocks such people. In the Quran, God actually mocks man for blindly following his ancestors despite the fact that they know nothing. So the whole point is that you're not supposed to just blindly follow or accept anything. You're supposed to question, you're supposed to verify, you're supposed to question, you're supposed to confirm, you're supposed to ascertain facts from fiction or from fabrication. You need to be able to reason and then you need to be able to challenge and you need to observe and you need to do a lot of research. That is the whole point of giving us brains and freedom of choice. I mean, if you cannot even observe what's going on around you and make your own you know, make your own conclusions regarding it, then really, 
there was no point. The whole point of God making us, the whole point of him being proud about us is not the things that we seem to think, you know, that we have feelings or emotions or where animals have feelings, animals have emotions. We can communicate, animals can communicate. We can think, animals can think. No, that, that's not what makes us different from them. What makes us different from them is our ability to acquire knowledge that was not given to us prior. That is what God said when he told the angels and when he told the devil that there is something about these people that you do not know that makes them special, that makes them different. And that is their ability to acquire knowledge without my even giving them that knowledge. That was his pride. And then when we come down here and then we start restricting each other from acquiring knowledge and, you know, like in Christianity, uh, knowledge was supposed to be the devil's work. And in Islam, you know, we say that to have no knowledge is a sin, that it is an obligation for every man and woman to acquire education and to acquire knowledge. The reason why it is an obligation to be educated is because when you're educated, it means you're better equipped to inquire, to challenge, to observe, to study, to do research. When you're educated, it means you have started opening your minds up. And when your minds are open up, you can question things around you. You start to verify what is true and what is not. That is essentially the importance of education. Awareness. Not the kind of education that we give our children, you know. That's just getting a degree in order to get better chances, you know, in order to get a good future in life. They don't really learn anything. They basically just cram everything. They don't even know what they're learning. They're just cramming it in order to fill certain questions with answers that they're supposed to or required to without even any real thought process. That's not education. The reason why education institutes were made in the world originally was to equip people with the right tools so that they could go out in the world and they could start this journey towards awareness and broaden their horizons. That was supposed to be the reason why we had education institutes, you know, to help refine minds, to think, to question, to challenge. Unfortunately, we're doing the exact opposite nowadays. And then we wonder why our countries and our societies have imploded. They've imploded just because of this. Because number one, we seem to prefer to turn a blind eye to all that is wrong that's going around us. Number two, we expect victims to remain victims. Every time they try to stand up for their rights, we suddenly remember that they are wrong. That which I, I really find very strange. Why are they wrong to retaliate? You weren't there to help them when they were victims. So I don't think you're in a good condition or in a better position to tell them that they're wrong 
to retaliate. When you fail to deliver justice and you force the victims to forgive and you call that mercy, that is an abuse of the word mercy. Justice comes first, mercy comes second. Because as a society, we're breeding victims. We're victimizing everybody around us simply by not giving them the chance to defend themselves. We claim we are, but we're not. We're not really. So when we victimize our children by telling them to keep quiet instead of standing up and fighting for their, self, for their rights or for whatever it is that somebody has done to wrong them, because we do not want to go through all that tension and all that stress and backlash, you know, so we victimize them forever. That damage that is done to their minds, that remains forever. Similarly, when we expect rape victims not to stand up for their rights and not to fight for it because you know, people are going to talk about it and the lawyers are going to, you know, they're going to mar your reputation and stuff like that. Well, who put it, who brought it to this point in the first place? We did. If we had started by actually executing criminals who raped children or who raped people or raped men or women or whatever, if we started executing them right from the start, I believe we would never have been at this point today where child molestation and child pornography and, you know, human trafficking and sex trafficking is, I mean, it's, it's all over the world and it's so, it's, it's like a whole, it's like a global market out there. And because you have lawmakers involved and you have politicians involved because, oh, they want their money, you know, it's all about money and it's gaining power. I mean, I find that very ironic, you know, when politicians, they make dirty money so that they should gain power in order to eradicate corruption. That is just laughable because you can't do that. Do you honestly think that the people... Uh, who you're bound down in front of in order to get that money so that you could get the power, so that you could win the elections, that you could actually turn around and arrest those people later on? You think they're just giving you money for fun? No, they're giving you money so that they can control you. And they do control you. They will always control you. And you, you get trapped. So... This, this, these kind of things that we seem to think that we're justified to do because it's good for other people or it's good for us or we need to stop that. We really need to stop that. We need to readjust our way of thinking and we need to look deep within ourselves first before embarking upon any journey that could disturb other people. Well, I think... That was all for now, and I hope you all have a wonderful day, a wonderful life. This is me, Najwa Malik, signing out.